0: Welcome in on a Wednesday edition. Hide your peas, it's cold outside. <laughs> Wednesday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you today. It is um, Combine Day. Combine gets underway. Uh, you've got uh, now players, hopefuls that are all there. They're all gathered and they're getting ready to do their thing today. And uh, the measurements and the physicals and all the crazy tests and stuff that they're going to have to go through. And the stupid questions from many teams. So that's going to get underway today. Uh, what else do we have? You've got uh, the Bucks. The Bucs dominate last night. Uh, I do have one issue with the Bucks, But that's it. Other than that, they had a, a terrific performance last night. Now they've got the back-to-back, and we'll see if they can do that again before playing Chicago and then heading off on the West Coast uh, swing. So you've got that, and then the fire alarm. Was that – is the fire alarm a foreshadowing of uh, maybe what's happening with the Badgers? Two and six in the month of February? Is the fire alarm going off? Maybe – I even thought about that last night watching that game. I'm like, hmm – that's maybe maybe that's apropos for what's going on with the badger season right now the fire alarm needs to be pulled so uh, we'll talk about that Uh, you got brewers baseball back at it again today and i think they're on the air if i'm not mistaken uh so you're going to hear some uh, brewers baseball out in arizona as we sit here and watch the cold winds blow throughout the state of wisconsin even though it's going to start warming up tomorrow but uh, I got all that going on. You want to get a hold of us? Uh, go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You can hit us up on X at Bill underscore Michaels at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find Grant at Wisco Grant. Uh, if you want to watch the program each and every day, pay attention to it, watch it, all that kind of good stuff, you can do it YouTube. Go to YouTube. YouTube.com. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. And you can see everything there that we have to offer, uh, whether or n- whether or not it's good or bad. But nevertheless, you can watch the show. Subscribe. We, we always love it. It's just uh, the best way to do it. People will tell me all the time, well, I've seen you there. I just don't you know, know when, it, when it's popping up. And I said, subscribe. Just it, it doesn't cost you anything. You just click on it. And then when we go on the air, it'll pop up on your mobile device or your computer or whatever. If you allow the notification, it'll pop up and say the Bill Michael Show is now going live. So that way you don't forget or you can go, oh, OK, I'm going to catch that later and then turn us off or whatever. You can do that. So great way to watch the program, uh, whether it's YouTube. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Facebook Live each and every day on the Facebook fan page. Go to facebookcom slash the Bill Michaels show uh, Instagram. You can find us there. Uh, Twitch TV, kick TV, LinkedIn TV, all those places. You can track us down as well. Email the program. The Bill Michaels, the T-H-E Bill Michaels at gmail.com. You can also uh, go to the website and see a lot of the different links right there or the replays uh, on the website, which is simply thebillmichaels.com. And uh, the app, you can listen to us on the website, but you can also download the app, which is The Zone Madison. The Zone, Z-O-N-E, The Zone Madison. And uh, then there's After the Fact on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff as well.
1: Grant Bills, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm very excited for today's show. Got a couple NBA voices. The Bucks are playing amazing. The Badgers mm-hmm. are—they uh, are not. So, what do was... you make? What do you make of the Badgers? Uh, where do I guess? Where do we start? I—I think big picture. My concern and my frustration is this isn't the first time that this has happened over the last couple of years, right. where they started out and they looked awesome, and it's one thing to come back down to earth. I totally that I this team was probably going to come back down to earth they were like sixth in the AP poll at one point but they've completely lost it and it doesn't right. seem like they can get it back and again this isn't the first time where this has happened in the second half of the season and that's on coaching to me and I really like Greg Gard, but I'm kind of looking around wondering like okay what do you, what can you do because you've lost to basically all the worst teams in the Big Ten over the last couple of weeks and it's been right. over a month since they've won two games in a row I uh
0: the, the voices, or should I say now, the screams. At the beginning of the season, I was always under the, you know, hey, give Greg guard the opportunity. Let's see what he does. I, I mean, is this a prove-it year? Absolutely. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Especially for where – and I hate to go back because you don't want to go in comparison, but it's true. I mean, we're both with the program. Each and every year, it was always in the top four of the Big Ten. Each and every year, it was always in the tournament. Uh, There was a level of expectation by the time Bo left. They were at the highest of highs. And, you know, and then when Greg took over, he did a pretty nice job because the season following, Bo didn't have this team headed in the right direction. And what Greg did, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. There have been bumps in the road. But the consistency of level of play is now what's concerning. Is one, you know, like you said, they get off to a fast start and they're number six in the country. And now they're not even ranked. They don't even look like they should be. And what people are saying now was what happened earlier this year was just a lie. It, it was an apparition because th- that's not what they are. And I, I watched this game intently. You know what it looks like to me? It looks like a team that is flailing. They they know what they need to do. It's not for a lack of hustle or for a lack of try. That That's not it. It looks like a team that is trying so hard to get back to where they were. And two things you have to realize. One, you're only as good as your next play. And it's just, I keep hearing every time I see it, I hear George Carl in the back of my head going, value the possession, value the possession, value the possession. And there's times they don't. They're trying to get it all back at once. And the team is playing very tight. It's kind of like the old, you know, the old visual of running in quicksand you can run as hard as you want, but you're going to sink deeper and deeper. And that's what's going on because it, it's not from lack of effort. It's just that they're not hitting shots. Um, the the teams have kind of figured out that you can test heavily physically this team, and they don't shoot the ball nearly as well as they did earlier this season. You can't give them completely open looks like any team, but this team specifically. So I just watched that game last night, and and they just busted their ass, and they just came up short, and you're standing there going, what the hell's happened? It's I. It's almost like they're trying too hard. Like they don't have the ability to relax and go, okay, okay. We have some talent. We can go toe to toe with anybody. We just need to put a few good plays together, like we did at the beginning of the season. And they're not they're not doing that right now. Whether they're not able to or whether they aren't, uh, they're not doing that right now. And I, at some point, you have to pull the fire alarm. You know, and the fire alarm would be at the end of the season. Do you need to make a change? I'm not screaming to fire anybody. Um, but for those that kind of soot, you know, sat by quietly throughout the beginning of the season that said, just wait. Now they're they're pointing the finger going, I told you so. They should have let him go last year. They should have let him go the year before, blah, blah, blah. And now they're going, I told you so. This was going to happen again. We've been there. We've done that. We've seen it. And you don't have any ammunition to come back and go, no, 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 this is different because it's not. So I'm not, again, calling for a firing, but I think that the next month is going to be, wildly indicative as to what's going to happen come the offseason. I mean, we could be seeing the beginning of the end, or we could be seeing an incredible coaching job and turnaround to this basketball team. So now get your popcorn ready, because this
1: is it. I really believe that, that this is it. Do you think I'm wrong? No, I, I am at that point now where, like, they've lost to Michigan, Rutgers I mean they got clocked by Rutgers that was kind of an awkward early morning game at the rack but like they got killed by Rutgers they lot they almost lost to Maryland last week if they don't shoot almost 30 free throws they probably do like they've lost they lost to Iowa No business losing all of these games so the the, you're looking at the next month thinking this is you got to show me you got to prove it for me that was the last three weeks and I've seen the opposite of what I wanted to see
0: right I uh and I've been accused inside that Badgers organization of wanting Greg Gard fired. And I've been the defender. And I was the guy that was helping promote him to coach of the year back when he deserved it like five years ago, six years ago. And, you know, I, I'm just kind of throwing my hands in the air going, I don't know what else they're going to do. I just need to see them win games and figure it out. And you thought at the beginning of the season they did. And you're kind of thinking now if you started to believe, you're kind of going, Phew, maybe we bought into fulls gold. So, uh, but the Badgers lose last night in Indiana. Uh, fire alarm sounds. Uh, Badgers were 50, tied at 52 or 54 or something like that. or uh, They had just gone ahead, but regardless, the 20 minutes later, they come back in, they end the game in a flurry of missed opportunities, missed shots, contested shots, and they walk away with a loss. So now you kind of throw your hands in the air and go, okay, what's next? What's next? And uh, I, I look at it now. Going into that game yesterday, weren't they considered by many bracketologists as a five seed? Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah. And I think they'll probably still end up in that neighborhood. Like, they got they got a lot of really, really good wins this year. They've just now started to pile up really bad losses. Right. So I, I don't think they'll drop that far. Um,
0: Do the bad losses, though, outweigh the good wins at the beginning of the season? Because the the two one thing I know the committee looks for is what are you doing down the stretch? You can look at a lot of good wins, and if, say, you started off slow, but you got some good wins, that's one thing. But if you're flailing down the stretch and you're losing a lot of ball games, as opposed to teams that are hot coming into the tournament at the right time, th- that'll hurt you. So I can see them dropping. I mean, if I had to, like, say today, if if it continues the way we kind of, for lack of a better term, expect it to be, I can see them being an 11 or 12 seed. And I know people think I'm crazy for that, but tell me right now on this schedule as things begin to kind of work out, tell me who they're going to I mean don't get me wrong, they're still 10 and 7 in in the uh, in, in the Big 10. But you've got number 13 Illinois, you've got a a Rutgers team that's okay at best and then Purdue. Now you if you take losses to Illinois and Purdue, but you look good doing it, that's one thing. But if you get drilled by Illinois if you get especially at home, at the Kohl Center, if you get drilled by Illinois, get beat by Rutgers, and then you go on the road to West Lafayette and get your ass waxed, I unless you win the tournament, I don't see you end up being anything better than maybe an 11 or 12 seed. I don't see it happening. Why would you? You know what I mean? Because if, if you lose two of your next three and, say, get one win in the Big Ten tournament before bowing out, what do you got to hang your hat on? That means you will have, what, four wins? Four wins against, what, ten losses to round out the end of your season? (laughs) There's no way I'm putting them at five. If I'm a bracketologist, there's no way. If I'm the committee, no. It's going to be like a participation trophy. Yeah, you did okay in the Big Ten. Here you go. We'll give you an 11 or 12 seed. You can be the 12-5 matchup and hope that the 12-5 magic kind of falls upon you to get that upset win. That's what I can see. Otherwise, why would you do it? Because if you can't pull yourself out of the nosedive now, what makes you think that you're suddenly going to do it in the tournament and you're going to be rewarded for it? I don't think that happens. I can, and who knows? We'll find out. Maybe we do a little bracketology next week as we, uh, you know, grab a couple of different, uh, grab a couple of different analysts,
1: we'll say, and try to get them on the program. But I, do you think I'm wrong there? Do you think they end up higher than that? I think they end up higher than that. I don't think you're wrong that this Badgers team is in free fall and they're struggling. I, I just think it's a lot more, it's a more stable equation for how these things are, and I don't pretend to understand all the math of it, but it's yeah. pretty hard to go from a 5 to, say, a 12 in a matter of, like, 10 or 12 days. We'll see. I i, I don't know. There's a lot of, se- I mean, there's not that much season left, but there are some significant games remaining, so we'll have to wait and see. I think
0: that that looking at this going back a week, and you've got, what, uh, the loss to Iowa, the win over Maryland, the loss to Indiana. I think they're looking at this team going, ah, they're a five seed and they'll get some wins down the stretch. And now you're looking at it going, this team's just, it's, it's flailing. It's, it's, it's not the sixth seed that we thought it was. They're getting the benefit of the doubt for what they did at the beginning of the season. But ever since that loss, that, that tough loss to Nebraska, something happened to this team. And maybe it was – and I always say, look what happens after a bad loss and see how you rebound, and they haven't. And it's almost like
1: Nebraska laid the the blueprint for how this team can be defended. Also, halftime of that Nebraska game is when Corbin Burns was traded. So maybe the team's just struggling. I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but it's wow. really weird how the, t- the timing yeah. of that worked. Like, this looked like a Final Four team until Corbin Burns got dealt, and then it all Ew. fell apart. You have put your entire arm past your elbow up to your shoulder into the quiver of
0: craziness, and pulled out that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's all connected. But yeah, but but wow. The yeah, there you go. That's I never thought of it in that particular ilk, and uh, I, I I now I'm I'm probably going to have to see a tarot card reader to to figure this whole thing out. My life is completely upside down now. I have no idea that there was so many different things celestially around me that made that big of a difference in our lives, but apparently it does. So if we could just get Corbin Burns back in some way, shape, or form, I think the Badgers could win a national title. Wow. (laughs) That's galaxy brand. I like this. (laughs) Oh, my God. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael show coming up. I did last night. Uh, I had a meeting after work. Got down to Robert Specialty meets. I got home too late. I couldn't have the uh, the Al Capone roast. Uh, ended up eating on the road. But uh, tonight, yeah boy, yeah boy. That's uh, I am uh, got some work to do at home, and I got some new toys here in the studio that I'm going to play with a little bit. But the Al Capone roast is my future. Went down to Robert Specialty Meats last night and and face first. So I'm uh, looking forward to tonight. Tonight when I get off the air, I got one meeting. I got a little bit of work to do. Uh, I got to run out. To, it's a face-to-face meeting, so I got to run out, and then I'm going to get home. I got some cleaning to do. We got, I, I believe we still have Helio Castroneves in studio tomorrow, so I got to clean my house up a little bit. So I'm going to do a little bit of that, sit down, eat, make the whole house smell like good meat, and, uh, and then I'm going to sit back, relax. That's my night, and you can do it too. Robert's Specialty Meats in Waukesha. And don't forget, as uh, baseball season approaches, tailgate season approaches that means you can stop down and get a lot of the specialty uh, sausages and stuff that they do or the ribs on a stick or the garlic parm chicken skewers so much good stuff down at robert's specialty meats and they cater don't forget about that as well and by the way they also get in fresh uh fresh seafood too so don't forget about that stay tuned more the bill michael this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin
1: sports zone radio network Michael
0: show on this Wednesday uh, edition. Good to have you. Me. Hey, a reminder coming up on uh, Tuesday, April 2nd. We hope to see you. We are going to be live with uh, Brewers baseball leading you into Brewers opening day. Talking a lot with our buddy Chuck Freeman, uh, Kevin Holden from CBS 58. We are going to be at Stanley, second and national in Walker's Point. It is a rite of passage each and every year. Come on down and join us. And then head on over to the ballpark on their shuttle after the fact. Or just come on down and then drive over to the ballpark. Doesn't matter. But just come on over and say hi. And uh, talk a lot of baseball. And just enjoy the uh, the festivities early on. Early in the day. Early in the day. Come on by and say hi. And uh, we're going to be bringing you all the uh, all the predictions and prognostications and analyzation of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, especially because they open up on the road. They've got New York on the road. And then they come back home to face the Twins. So we'll already have a few games under our belt by the time we get to opening day but uh, tuesday april 2nd make it a point take off work pull the kids out of school i never uh, sanctioned that but that's one of those days that's a rite of passage for many kids in the state of wisconsin and for us that have grown up type of thing i remember doing it with my mom when i was uh, when i was a kid mom would always pull us out on opening day loved watching uh at the time i was in cincinnati i love watching reds baseball there was always an excitement and anticipation for it so even when i got to high school you know, once we could drive, we'd be like, okay, we're going to school, and then we would just go get the uh, the cheap seat tickets and if we could and kind of go from there. Find somebody at the very, uh, as the second or third inning was getting underway, find somebody that just wanted to get rid of tickets, scalp them, that type of thing. So good stuff. But we'll see you at Steny. Second to National Walkers Point coming up on Tuesday. April 2nd. Grant, did you uh, did you ever
1: go to an opening day? Did you ever uh, get pulled out of school by the, the parents and go to opening day? No. My family would have been the type of family to go to that, but we lived, like, I grew up, like, four hours from Milwaukee. Uh, so okay. anytime we, it was a whole thing. You know, you get a hotel room, and you got, it's the drive, and you wrangle up the kids. So it was more of a production. It was hard to just sneak to a game. Right. On a weekday, especially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, my mom would take me when I was, like, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. We would go, and then I just kind of continued that when I got into high school, and then my second year of high school, once we were able to drive, uh, oh, that was it. Then then it was just, it was like a day. So we would, and the high school would always call my mom. You know, they would always call if you weren't there, and my mom knew. She'd say, oh, yeah, he's homesick, and she knew what we were doing. We were going down to catch the game, but we would go down and park in the middle of downtown, and then it was just great. You'd take whatever little bit of money you had. You'd save it up for the ticket. You'd walk down. You just walk around the plaza. Just walk around the plaza, and then finally somebody would come over and say, "Okay, we'll give it to you for you know twenty bucks, ten bucks, whatever it was," and then you got into the game, and you were always in the top three or four of the nosebleeds. So you, you got to hear the national anthem and the introductions from outside of the stadium, and then finally you got in for the ball game, and then we just hang there until the very end, and you'd just kind of sit there until the ushers would kick us out. And then usually there was a couple of places downtown we'd go eat or go to Skyline or something like that and then head home. But it was always a great day. Opening day is just, there's a different feel to it. So uh, we're looking uh, looking forward to that. Hey, uh, here's something for you. The Packers are going to raise ticket prices between 4 and 10 bucks a ticket per game. And <clears throat> the Packers are still middle of the pack, pardon the pun, when it comes to ticket prices. Um, I mean, I know some people, you know, yelp about it, and rightfully so. I mean, every year they seem to go up and, It gets more and more expensive to go to a game and you're paying seat licensing fees and just you're paying money just to have the right to get the tickets and all that kind of stuff. And I get that. But it was amazing to me. Wasn't it wasn't it amazing to you how many Chiefs fans and 49ers fans
1: were in Vegas? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it was my first experience, so I wouldn't have any context. I just, I'm always impressed when anyone has the money to blow on going to, because I don't really go to that many football games, so I'm always kind of taken aback by how many people make a trip out of it.
0: Exactly. So, and knowing what the price of tickets were, this was the most expensive Super Bowl ever. Knowing what the price of tickets were, and, and the argument always is you're pricing the average fan out of the game, or they have priced the average fan out of the game. You you can't. I mean, the ticket started at what, like fifteen hundred bucks retail, and then they went up to you know, fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars. And you're watching all these interviews on TV out there of fans that are like, this is this is our our trip. This is this is we were going to go to such and such, Cancun or whatever, and instead, you know, we ended up coming here and. But if it's per ticket and you're spending six, seven, ten thousand dollars you $20,000 on a pair of tickets, I mean, what is the most you would pay? Let's say the Packers are in New Orleans next year. And the Packers are facing, hell, I don't know, just pick a team that's got popularity. And the ticket becomes just an incredibly hot ticket. Now, Vegas was different because everybody wanted to go to Vegas. It was a party. It was from beginning to end a party. It was just the glitz and glam and the life experience of doing this in Vegas for the very first time and being a part of that. So I can't imagine ticket prices next year are going to be that much higher unless of course the Cowboys are there or the Packers fans will pay. Cowboys fans are stupid money. If it's like the Cowboys and I don't know, the chiefs or something or the Cowboys and the Steelers or, you know, whatever. But I can't imagine it being any more expensive next year than it was this year, but what is the most as a Packers fan you would pay if the Packers went to the Super Bowl? What is the most you would pay? And maybe I'm not talking, you know, maybe there's CEOs of companies that are that are out there. I mean, you know, I'm not talking to the average fan. I guess at this point, I'm talking to the you know the CEOs and the people that have that kind of discretionary income to say I'm coming, I'm on my way. But it never seemed like, you know, you saw a bunch of people walking around in oversized jerseys, you know, I. It, That just didn't look like they had thirty thousand dollars in their pocket to go to the game. And maybe I'm judging the book by its cover and I probably shouldn't do that. But what would you pay to go to a game? If the Packers were in the Super Bowl grant and your family said, Hey, we're gonna go regardless, can you imagine your family saying seven, eight grand a ticket going, Yeah, no problem?
1: God no. No. And it's not that like my fan, you know, maybe my, maybe my parents could swing that, you know, they're frugal. They say they probably could do that if they wanted to, but God, no, I'd be like, we're not doing that. We're going to spend that money on anything. We're going to go to Europe. We're going to do anything other than spend it on going to a football game. I I just,
0: I, I just, I marvel at the amount of money that's spent on tickets and Especially in today's day and age, it's not like you can just go buy them before the game, and you got a guy that's out there with a pair of tickets that's going to hand them to you. Because now it's everything's digital. I, I just I marvel at the money people will spend on some of the stuff. It's like you know, well, Taylor Swift concerts. People are paying two and three thousand dollars a ticket or more to go to some of these shows. I guess I shouldn't you know freak out too much, but I just I, I really am astonished at how many people spent tens of thousands of dollars to go to that game then again maybe they consider it a once-in-a-lifetime event you i know, would have been to a super bowl I,
1: I would rather by the way spend 300 bucks if that's what it took to go to a divisional round game or an nfc championship game at lambo would way rather right. do that e- even setting yeah. the cost aside than going to the super bowl which is very corporate and and would feel very different
0: yeah yeah no i agree with that uh, let's do this. Steve Ashburner going to be joining us when we come back. Want to talk some NBA hoops? Uh, Bucks have they put the train back on the tracks? Have they? And a uh, scoring out of control in the NBA. Will the NBA do anything eventually to kind of slow this whole train down? Because man, there is well at least the Bucks are playing a little bit of it right now, but uh, there is not much defense being played at all, at all in the uh, association. We're going to go ahead and talk to Steve Ashburner of uh, writing rights for the NBA when we come back. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back on this uh, little bit of a frigid Wednesday, and in the month of February, it's this is the norm. And instead, it's kind of an apparition because yesterday was 71 degrees. Tomorrow's going to be in the uh, mid-40s, and we'll be back up to 65 by Sunday. So, man, uh, what a what a roller coaster of, uh, of weather we have going on right now. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you on board. Uh, Steve Ashburner of the NBA, and he is a longtime friend and writer and such, and uh, talk a little bucks and everything else. Joining us on the hotline, Steve, how you been? I'm good,
2: Bill. Thanks for having me back on
0: absolutely so let's uh, i want to start first and foremost with what because you and i have not talked since the bucks made the coaching change give me your thoughts on adrian griffin and then the change for doc rivers what doc rivers had to say about the organization and then obviously the slow start and seemingly now like they've put the train back on the tracks
2: uh yeah well that's a lot to uh get our arms around i um (laughs) You know, it just seemed it just seemed for a while there, and, and maybe it's calming down now, which I think is a great thing. But for a while there, there was way too much drama coming out of uh, Milwaukee via the Bucks. Um, I told somebody this is you know the, the most the most angst out of Milwaukee since Laverne and Shirley broke up. I mean, it's really not a um, a good look or a, a proper sense of priorities. Um, and very unbucks like. I mean, they're you know they're one of those flyover markets, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I can say that because I went to school there and I lived there for eleven years. I mean, I love Milwaukee, but you know, they, they, there's always that chip on the shoulder, and yet they're getting plenty of headlines for what hasn't been going right. And then you mentioned you know the hire of of Doc Rivers. Well, I don't look at as unseemly as it was, as awkward as it was, to bring in an outside guy in the midst of a season which is a concern unto itself. I, I thought the bigger concern was bringing an outside guy who'd never been a head coach in at the start of a season for a championship contender, certainly an aspirant. And and I, I just didn't think that made a lot of sense. I was very puzzled why Adrian Griffin would have been coaching that team. And so the fact that they replaced him, even with 30 victories, um, you know there's a, there's an old saying you know uh, it's it's never too early to fix a mistake and so you know that's what i i felt was being done you know and i i, I didn't think that adrian griffin was being gypped out of anything i think that there was a, a ample um a sample size of not just one uh, one loss record but um you know how he went about his business how he connected with that team you know if 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 they they were making a mistake to make a change at that point, I got to think that there would have been more than one or two players that would have thrown themselves in front of that, in front of that bus to uh, to make sure it didn't happen. But you know, while you can say nobody really, um, you know, kicked him to the curb, um, you know, nobody went out of their way to, you know, uh, put themselves on the line either. He seemed a little bit uh, in over his head to me. Uh, you know, some guys are great assistants. I don't know. Um, maybe I would need more time, but I don't think they have the time to fiddle with. I think, I think you have to, if you have a good feeling that a change was needed, you had to make the change. And defensively, they were abysmal um, for reasons that might have to do with coaching, might have to do with personnel. Um, they're at least trying to fix that now under Rivers. Everybody knows what the issues are with the Bucks. Now they have an opportunity to go forward with what remains. I think there's enough time if they are for real, there's enough time to uh, to peek towards the playoffs and and hit that running. Veteran teams have that luxury, but they don't need all eighty two. And I think that's the, the situation the Bucks are in.
0: Did, should we have taken, when when Terry Stotts left, after they assembled that coaching staff and Stotts said, nah, I'm, I'm I'm out, should we have taken that as kind of like the salvo over the bow to say, hey, there's something that just isn't right behind the scenes in
2: this? I don't know. I'd have to hear something from Terry himself. I mean, that could have been 80% on him, you know, where he just decided, I've been a head coach. I don't want to go back into the uh, lieutenant seat. I mean, so you know, that has not really been put out there, and I wouldn't necessarily hold that um, uh, against Adrian Griffin from the start. I mean, it was unseemly. It was not a, a good look, and, and perhaps things could have been handled better behind closed doors, but I think that falls to both guys. I mean, if, if the coach needs you in a huddle of assistant coaches, plenty of time to talk to your player. I You know, I wasn't there. I've heard the reports and read the reports, but um, unfortunate, yes, yes. Um,
0: Foreshadowing, not necessarily. I uh, I, I look at uh, the trade uh, when they said Drew Holiday out, and they you know everybody talked about the camaraderie and the lack of defense that they now possess, and you know we kind of expected a little bit of a downturn, but. You know, it, fans here will say, well, God, you shouldn't have traded Drew Holiday. I thought, like, much like everybody, when they brought in Damian Lillard, you had to give up quality for quality, and you got a much, much better shooter and a more consistent shooter and a guy that's kind of going to handle the basketball at the end of a ball game, so we don't see the, the repeat of a Miami in the postseason again, and you see some guys that can stop the bleeding. So do you think it was the good move, it was the right move to bring in Damian Lillard?
2: Uh, that's a, that's a, uh, a summation. I'm not, I'm not sure we'll really know until, until what happens in the playoffs. When, when they made the move, I mean, like everybody else, I was totally surprised and, you know, I immediately go into the, um, you know, the pros and the cons. And I, and I thought, okay, well, he scores, you know, X percent more than drew holiday. You can count on him, you know, uh, just game in game out for more volume scoring. And, of course, some, some you know, clutch moments that we've seen you know already from, from Lillard, maybe not as many as he got famous for in Portland. But then I thought, okay, well, if he's X percent better than Holiday on offense, what percent drop-off are you willing to accept on defense? And I felt at the time that they could, they could miss Holiday more than they would drive with Lillard. And then when Holiday ends up with the number one rival, I mean that to me, that was a dark cloud. That was that was something that, you know, oh, this could be a problem. And I think it remains uh, that it looks like it's a problem for the Bucks that Drew Holiday is in Boston. Now Boston might be rolling even without Drew Holiday. If Holiday were in L.A. or Miami or you know New Orleans or whatever, but um, I mean it's a concern because it took a a, a turned, um You know what had been a for several years, a fairly good side of the ball strength for Milwaukee, its defense, and it has really exposed um, that as, you know, the number one problem. So um, it was it was a lot to give up, and um, that in, in giving it up, you know, giving Holiday up, he ends up, you know, roundabout going to the Celtics. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure that, that Lillard's presence would outweigh that.
0: Uh, I want to go to where they are now. This team uh, has started out the second half of the unofficial second half of the season uh, kind of hot. They've actually looked relatively impressive. Now beating Charlotte's not yeah. overly impressive, but they looked good against Minnesota certainly, and then uh, have now put three wins together. Do you think it was just a matter of time for just Doc to get philosophically in there and say, "Okay, the structure is this, and this is the way we're going to do things," and now they feel better about it, or, or is it just the fact that now the guys look at the? the something game stretch you go, okay, now we gotta buckle down because we got the postseason coming.
2: Well, I mean obviously he's he he's gonna be able to establish himself more um with more time there. I mean it probably would have helped if he didn't coach the uh the Eastern All Stars because he could have spent even more time sort of locked in and focused on what he wanted to do. But it, you know he's a talented guy and he's able to uh to multitask and 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 coaching at All Star Weekend is not the most taxing duty anyway. And uh, so, no, I think I think the time is, is the biggest thing. I mean, I don't know that that's going to solve. I don't know that hard work is going to solve all the issues for the Bucs um, defensively. I think that, that, you know, in terms of their roster construction, I think that they're a little bit light on um, athleticism. They're obviously an older team. Um, I think the one, two, and three positions, you know, are often um, liabilities defensively. And so, you know, uh, Granted, there are teams that don't have elite defenders in those spots um, around the league, and they they have to make do with what they have. And I think I think the Bucks are are starting to do that. I think they're starting to play, you know, as a group defensively in a way that can maybe hide some of the individual deficiencies. You know, whether it's whether it's Lillard or you know Chris Middleton not being as as sprightly as he used to be, or whatever it is, and so. You know, if 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 that gets it done, that's great because they certainly can put the points on the board. They have a great uh, all-around defender in in Giannis and and Brooke Lopez at age thirty-five is, you know, still a formidable formidable force in the paint. So, you know, they might have enough. They just they just need to really get going. Is it
0: just the uh, the Celtics' world and everybody else is breathing air in it till the end, or do the Bucks, if they put it all together, have a legitimate shot at knocking off Boston?
2: Well, I mean, a team that's that's done it, a team that's been to multiple playoffs, they always have a shot. I mean, i say Boston is my favorite. Um, uh, my pick to to go to the finals from the East, I, I think they might be the pick to to win it too. But, um, you know, you get into a series, you know, several best-of-seven series, um, an injury here or there. If you're the luckier team and the other team is not, I mean, many things can happen. So... Um, it's just a matter of, you know, how many of the, you know, you're going to have to play, uh, Boston and well, it's muddled enough in the East that maybe it's not as clear anymore. It used to be the top three were those two and, uh, and Philadelphia, but, but Cleveland is, you know, a problem in the way they're playing now. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to, you're going to have a tough road, I think on both sides, um, and, it's yeah, sure the bucks have the experience you got Giannis Antetokounmpo that's a you know a great advantage almost every other team on almost every other team but um yeah I, I i'd be wary of the Celtics and you know what given Milwaukee's history with them the Miami Heat um you never want to take lightly right. they can they can spoil a whole season for you again yeah. uh,
0: Let me ask you this. Have we seen Giannis, because we kept waiting for, because we kept saying every year, Giannis is going to shatter the ceiling. He's going to go through this. And he got better each and every year. Have we seen Giannis now kind of reach this is what Giannis is status?
2: Well, um, all at once, maybe. You know, I mean, I think that he's at a point where maybe some of the. you know jaw dropping um two strides down court and and slam over three guys that sort of you know highlight play might it might be less of that i mean ten years in i mean come on that's you know and and what is he now is he uh 28, yeah. 30, 29, something so you know i mean that that's just naturally going to diminish i think e- even just out of self preservation he might want to factor that in. Not that he's going to play cautious, but you certainly don't want to put yourself in harm's way. But in terms of, you know, developing more of a go-to move, um, you know, being uh, better in the shot selection, um, smarter when it comes to offensive fouls, we're seeing some of that now. It's just those things are going to improve. Those categories will go up, and some of the other stuff will go down. And the total package, I mean, he still may be just as effective, Um, But in terms of maintaining all that that sort of uh, intimidating um, athletic ability and just, you know, uh, breathtaking uh, highlight play, I mean, it may be a little bit more, um, you know, playing with his, his brain rather than, you know, just his body.
0: Real quick before I let you go, Steve, i got to ask you, the uh, scoring uh, crazy right now in the NBA. I saw Kevin Garnett talk about how LeBron has ruined the NBA and the All-Star game, and there's a lot <laughs> of things going on. and uh, you, does, the, does the NBA have an issue, and is it correctable?
2: Oh, I think it's definitely correctable, and that, I guess, su- suggests I think they do have an issue. I think that they have neutered defense. They have, they have made it... Um, almost impossible to hold teams, you know, under a hundred points, uh, unless that team is contributing with a really cockeyed shooting night. It's, it's, uh, I don't like it. I think it's, I think the game itself, the biggest, to me, the f- biggest flaw is, it's three point crazy. And, and it's just not entertaining to me. And I, you know, I'm older than the average fan. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll concede some things, but it's not entertaining and it's not distinctive to watch guys hoist three-pointer after three-pointer. To me, the beauty of the mid-range game is you had so many famous players whose style you could you could tell. I mean, kids in driveways would imitate certain shooting motions. I mean, Bernard King was different from Dominique Wilkins, was different from Julius Irving, was different from, you know, Chet Walker to go back to a really old time. I mean, everybody had their, their pump fakes and their, their moves and their baby hooks and this and that me guys shooting three pointers pretty much look the same and and whether they make them or not and of course a good a good night and a good season is missing six out of ten so you're seeing a lot more missed shots well what happens on those missed shots do they kick out and become transition baskets because they're long rebounds it's just like we have to sit through more failure in essence you know we accept that a, a 300 hitter in baseball is gonna gonna make an out seven times well now we have to accept that a good shooter in basketball is going to miss six out of 10. And it's just, it's not as interesting to me as seeing, you know, I don't need to see guys flogging in the paint or in the post, you know, bang, bang, bang. And then up, up a little way up, you know, he turns around, he does it. Although I love watching the big men play, but it's that, it's that mid range, which is, you know, okay, we get it. Coaches and analysts can do math. And they won the the two the, you know the two pointer with the lower probability out of the game, but it's it's an entertainment uh, vehicle too, and I think it is less entertaining. It is to me.
0: Steve, always great to get you on. I appreciate it. A wealth of knowledge. We'll touch base again as the season winds down. Okay. You got it, Bill. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go, Steve Ashburner. Uh, Ash NBA. N B A A S C H N B A over on X. You can get his stuff there. Man, what a what a wealth of information. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up now. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This time of year is when we start thinking about spring cleanup and making things nice again. And if you're looking at your garage floor and you're thinking, oof. Full of salt and sand and crap and dirt and, you know, you haven't really cleaned it out yet. Um, all you got to do is move a few things around and call my buddy Sean and say, hey, we just want it to look presentable and nice and add some value to the home. That is com. That's EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. Call them, 262-443-2852. And they did, uh, they did my gym uh, some years back, four years ago when I ended up, almost six years now when I bought the house. And uh, man, they did a fantastic job. Did an, an unbelievable job downstairs. I got I still, I've been saying it for a long time. I got to put some pictures up of them actually doing the job. But they did a wonderful, wonderful job. And now it's actually something that people talk about when they come over and look at the house and just kind of walk through the house, so to speak. So uh, epoxy flooring done right, they do epoxy. They do polyurea coatings. And the best part about it is they're right here in Wisconsin. They're not an out-of-state company. So make sure you get somebody from inside the state of Wisconsin. Uh, and and that way, God forbid anything go wrong. They're here. I've had so many people tell me they did it from an outside company, whether it's over on the uh, Western portion of the state that went into Minnesota or over into Iowa or somebody from Illinois. And then when they have a problem with it, it's not what it's supposed to be. It scratches, it nicks, it's terrible. And then they don't have a way to get them to come back into the state to replace it because you can't sue them. So, uh, Sean, he's a guy that says, Hey, I'll be right over. I'll get to you. You know, look, uh, they've got a great list of clients, but I'll get over. We'll figure it a fix. No problem. If indeed there's a problem, but he's done it. I mean, like my floor, did it fantastic. Fantastic. That's EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com or call him 262-443-2852. 262-443-2852. Uh, a guy from uh, here that does good. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Kansas and Lance Leipold, who used to be the head coach at UW-Whitewater. Have agreed to a contract extension. He's now making more than seven million dollars a year. How about that? Puts him in the top three, top three average salary bases in the Big Twelve. He uh, has gone to back-to-back bowl seasons at Kansas, and the school now has prioritized keeping him uh, because we all know. I mean, we just assume Lance's you know star is rising each and every year because of what he's done. Whether it uh, was it you know, obviously at UW-Whitewater and then going over to Buffalo and making that program viable and now what he's done at Kansas. And remember that scene in Kansas when they got the big win and they tore the goalpost down and they were marching them down the street and throwing the goalpost into the lake. Lance has done a fantastic job. So congratulations to Lance Leipold. Now 7 million bucks a year. I got to ask him for some Kansas gear now. You can afford it. (laughs) Good, good stuff. One hour down. We got a lot more yet to go. Don't go anywhere. Anywhere. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.